The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Well, I got rained on when walking the dog this morning. So you're in a good mood? You're bringing a lot of good vibes into the studio is what you're telling me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we got to get something straight here, pal. Like, what? you have a role. Like, you need to bring... the. Like you got energy. You got to bring the happy here, happy man. vibes. Oh, because like I'm coming in with all the boring entertainment law stuff, and people count on you, Dave, to give them the smiles they need to get through all of the entertainment law crap I'm spewing at them. Like, you're, oh. like, and you're just and you came in with like, but what my happens dog if rained I, on me? Or no, sorry, no. someone rained on me and my dog. You say someone. So, some. Let me try that again. <laughs> you're saying God rained on me. That's right. <laughs> That's mean. Um. Well, that's interesting. I, I agree, but what happens if I'm not liking that mood? Which happens. I know. You know like, more often than I would like. More often than I like lately. But uh, anyway, hey Ryan, I'm going good. How you doing, buddy? It's great to be here. Oh, we should have done it that way. Damn, we should have done it that way. All right, take two. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> I am Ryan Carella. <laughs> it is great to have you on the break. The business podcast, as always, joined by Kodos Dave. How's it going, Dave? I'm really sad. Uh, rained on me and my dog. We were taking a walk today. Deja vu. We're in the Matrix, folks. The Matrix. Uh, if you'd like to rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast, which we'd very much appreciate, uh, just go to iTunes and SoundCloud. Make that happen for us. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K A I R. How about you, Happy Dave? Where can they find you? <laughs> they can find me. Find me at Metal Dave eighty five. Very very cool. Thank you. You can email the podcast at breakthebusiness at gmail dot com, and uh, yeah, you should do that because you can. Boy, I really sold that now, just now, didn't I? Yeah, no, yeah, email yeah, us you whatever you want. Show suggestions. Show should show suggestions. Man. Wow, we suck today. Woo! No, I suck. Inauspicious start for the podcast. Yeah. What, what this is our 45th episode? That's right. I'll cut us some slack. That's right. Hey, hey, we've given you I was about to say 44 episodes of solid content, but that's not really accurate. We've given you like 26 episodes well, of solid content, well, I was say, people. No, not 44, because obviously I haven't been here for all 44, but the number I've been here for. So 44 minus the number of episodes you weren't here have been solid shows. Yeah. But then, you know, I feel like that's that's being mean to Evan and JC, and also Evan and Lisa. So. Yeah, the other co-hosts we've had. They've been all great. Speaking of co-hosts, my good man, yes. I want to run something by you. Is Ed McMahon in the news? Why? Is that something he said, my good man? No, because you said, speaking of co-hosts, I was making a joke. Oh, anyway, go man, ahead. Co- man oh. we are just, just, just like, pack it up. We're just, a sh- you know what? Let's go home. That's right. Well, I'm, you're home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Um, speaking of co-hosts. Here's what, I, here, here's, here's, I, I have a dilemma, Dave. You've got a dilemma? Yeah. Um, it's, and on one hand, it's a good dilemma. It's okay. that I am going on vacation. Ah, very nice. Uh, in a couple weeks, uh, the wife and I are going up to the Great Smoky Mountains. Ah, nice. Doing that thing. But, and this is essentially going to be your honeymoon. Yeah, kind of. You, you haven't taken a honeymoon yet. That's right. I think because you've been busy with work and she was busy with school. Well, and we were, and after we got married, which is like, you know, usually the time you take the honeymoon, like right after the wedding, we were spending it her with her family from China who yeah. were in town. Yeah. And we sort of had to be responsible for them for a couple of weeks. It would have been weeks. funnier if you didn't. If you like left, like, all right, bye, guys. And Later. And just left these 
these people who speak no English and never been to the United States of America, just let them fend for just themselves. That would have been, uh, yeah, that would have been a bad. Story. Or leave them in your care of your mother, and that would have been equally fun. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would be a good time for all, um, and so, but the point is like they were in Go town right one. after the wedding, yeah, yeah. so we couldn't do the honeymoon thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I guess this is a honeymoon, but I think she has it's a, it's a honeymoon. I consider it a honeymoon. It's your first vacation since being married. It's a honeymoon. Well, maybe, but the thing is that she she has like you know she thinks like something beachy is going to be her honeymoon. Why does it have to be beachy? Because that's what she she wants to do, like, you know, the beach for her honeymoon. So I don't know if we... Either way, like, we're sort of getting lost in semantics here. The point is, uh-huh. this is happening. And, you know, it's going to run through a weekend. Okay. And when you go on vacation, you know, the world traveler that you are, yes. the podcast does not grind to a halt. I can muscle through it without you, which <laughs> that, sucks. That's. But I love how you're saying that's like, when you're gone... This still happens when you're you are non-essential personnel. The operation continues in many ways better, but you do not matter. That's what you said to me. That's what I just heard. I wish it was like that, Uh because then what happens instead is that I do the show anyway and the show measurably suffers. Thank you. (laughs) Because it's just like, you know, Professor Ryan just filling people's head with entertainment law. Uh And then I bring in some like really stuffy music business personality to talk to. And then the C block is like, I don't know, me making fart noises into the microphone for 10 minutes until the time runs out. It's not solid content. By the way, I guess I'm glad uh, we're not getting any of those particular people back for secondary interviews. That's right. But yeah, I but know what you mean. The point, right, but the point is like you, you play an important role, but yes, but I'm, 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 I'm on vacation. I can't bring the studio with me. And so we need to figure out what we're going to do for those two weeks. And so option right. one, or it should be one week, maybe two, but I think one. Well, as we were then saying also, if it's, you're gone too, Right when you get back, I go for a weekend up to Minneapolis to see Metallica. Right, and then it's like, well, then I yeah, basically there's a month with with no show for me. Anyway. It's it's gonna be rough podcast fans. Yeah, <laughs> strap in <laughs> for this month. But here, okay, here two options. All right, there are two ways we can tackle this. Okay, option one. Option one is we record the content a few days before I leave, and you know, kind of make it sort of evergreen so it can still be timely when we release the episode on right. that sunday kind of like what we're doing right now what do you mean well this is october of 2015 <laughs> we're assuming everything has gone well with the wedding because that's like what seven eight months away you know we've i think we've done some good jobs you know all the episodes have been sort of backdated so that's why it's really cool that we were able to talk about deadpool we were able to talk about star wars when we did those like last year yeah there's an incredible amount of prescience oh yeah yeah so in all seriousness, all seriousness, not that. Okay, so just, so, so just record so that, some that, that's stuff. option one. Record record some stuff ahead of time. Option two, yeah. And I've been thinking about this, mm-hmm. and on one hand, this sounds kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but I kind of like the idea. It's so crazy, it just might work. Exactly. What if mm-hmm. we do an all David podcast? Oh, I let you know. We let you into the studio. I show you how to use the equipment. Uh huh. And then it's just go time with David, baby. So what I'm hearing is, Dave, here are the keys to my house for a week. I mean, a week? Well, I, I, I'm kind of hoping you'd come in, record the show, and leave. Yeah, that's what you'd like. Right. Ooh. I've got 80s movies flashing in before my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that could be That could be interesting. I mean... 
I mean, like, I my preference is that you would spend at least some of that time talking about the indie music industry and giving tips to indie right, artists. Right, 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 right. Of course, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. We we wouldn't, we wouldn't forget that. But I'm increasingly doubtful as to, the, and, and frankly, I'm wondering if that's what the audience would want because, like, maybe they're thinking, "Oh, it's Dave alone." May, I think I think there are people in the audience who want to know what would happen if you were left to your own devices for a whole episode. Well, that's interesting. It could be something on either movies, mental health. Uh, right. You go all over the place. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, I love those types of solo podcasts. I've always wondered, like, a Jen Kirkman, Bill Burr, uh, you know, sort of thing. Like, could I ever do that? And I've always thought about it. I mean, I've done a few episodes solo. Mm-hmm. It's It's tricky. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you sort it, you, it's easy to run out of steam. Like I had to have a lot of stuff like outlined written down or else I would just forget what I was going to say next. Well, the nice thing is you can just hit the stop button or like, you know, edit. So That's stuff. true. That way it doesn't sound like there's any spaces. So you technically you could have been here for 10 hours, but it just sounds like, oh man, you're all a good stream of consciousness. That's good, right. Just, yeah, no mistakes. Yeah. But anyway, something but that, to think about. But that would be interesting cuz I yeah, I, I I would try to I, I no, I would say to your vision, with some tweaks, but you know. <laughs> I could, yeah. Maybe I can interview someone like in the movie industry. That'd be great. Oh yeah, well, you could bring in any guest you want. I can show you how to. That's true. Know, I can get uh, Skype our, interviews our and everything. Lovely, uh, intern Miranda on that. Yeah, you could. We could get Miranda to find somebody for you. Yeah, like, whoever you like want to interview. J.J. Abrams or. I almost think we should let the audience decide. Jack Warner. You know, if you if you are listening, if you are within the, within the sound of our voice, give us an email, breakthebusiness at gmail or tweet either me or or Dave. <laughs> And let us know if this is something you'd be interested in. Like, while I go on vacation, do you want us to just pre-record some content that's ready to go that weekend? Or do you want Dave alone in the studio for a whole episode where I will have no editorial control over him because he's just going to send me a file and it's going to go up? Um, let us know what you want and whatever it is, we'll make it happen for well, you. I feel kind of bad. Like what if they say, Oh God, no, we don't want him alone. That's terrible. That's... Well, then that's what the listeners want, man. We that have make to me feel bad. Well, then that leads to another intro where it's just kind of like, eh, where you're just not feeling it again. Yeah, the listeners rained on me. <laughs> I was actually, now, now I'm thinking if anything, fine, maybe I wouldn't be alone. I'd sit in that chair with the good mic and I'd put Oliver, your dog, the Cocker Spaniel. Dog, Cocker Spaniel. Just have him sit with the headphones on his ears. He's a cute. It's a cute image. It right? is a cute image. I, he's, I, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an adorable little dude. And he'd, he'd probably stay put. Maybe I can put sunglasses on him. You'd at least get a salt. Like if you took a picture of it, you get some solid retweets out of that for yeah. sure. This is like a Spuds McKenzie type. That's right. Yeah. So that that would be your co-host. Would be my my dog. Would be the, would be Oliver. Yes. Wow. The Dave and Ollie show. It already sounds like a morning zoo from like you know. <laughs> Someplace in the Midwest. <laughs> Dave and the Spaniel here on 103 The Storm. Oh, I like yeah. You're right. I like that. Right. You can be the producer. There you go. Um, all right. All right. So so uh, we, we, we struggled through that. Now let's get on to the next piece of business, which, uh, frankly, <laughs> also... Uh, I, okay. Anyway, we're going back to this. To Coming this. up in the next segment, uh, which I think we're both actually excited about. Oh, that's right. Yes. First, we talk about our is, uh, interview. Is, is, is Jamey. Jamey, yes. Uh, she's an, a, a fantastic indie artist. Uh, she's had songs on How I Met Your Mother. Um, in fact, you know, one of the coolest songs that people tend to know from that show was actually hers. And many folks don't know that. Uh, she's a great artist. She's got a great Pledge Music campaign coming out right now. You, Dave, have fallen in love with one of her YouTube videos. That oh, she yeah, does. yeah, yeah. She's got... It's, it's very interesting how it's sort of a... Uh, she uses a recording of herself on a laptop and then harmonizes with that. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Um, and and so, really, you know, it's just low tech, low budget. You know. So when we have her coming in, we're going to talk about all of those different things she's got going on. She's got a new vinyl release coming out. That sounds pretty cool. We're going to get a lot of great info out of JMA, so stick around for that. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, talk about an article that uh, came up in the DIY Musician blog. This is actually an article that they have sort of put out previously, and then they recycle it and add stuff to it. But it's it's something that every time I see it, I keep going, oh, I want to talk about it on mm-hmm. the podcast, and then I forget. And it's your favorite thing, which are music business tip lists. Oh, your your lists. Oh, God. Like, I know. You, you hate the lists. I mean, it wasn't as bad as your email segment. Oh, my God. From Was that last year or earlier this year? It was from a while ago, man. Let, okay, email signatures was just fine. You just got to just, just let it be. I feel like that was your just almost like your jump the shark moment for you in terms of that's like the little kid being introduced into a show or whatever. It just makes no sense. And it's just clear the writers of the show have just run out of ideas. So email signatures is important. Now, I'm glad that we've actually made it past that, you know, that we survived that we did. We did survive your your the darkest moment. times. Yes. All right. Anyway, so, your checklist. Go ahead. So please. DIY Musician Blog has put out the music business to-do list for DIY musicians. And I want to talk about this list because it basically has like a solid outline of all things that pretty much all indie artists should do. Right. And like because they're strong foundational things. And many indie artists forget to do them, neglect to do them, don't know how to do them, don't know they need to do them. Mm-hmm. And so you have them kind of all on this list, and it's just like, okay, here's some of the things I just need to knock out, and I can set goals to knock all these things out over the next few weeks, and it'll put my career in much stronger shape. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about a few of those, and I'm going to add a couple things to this list. Ryan, where are you getting the things that you're adding? Where do I get them? Well, yeah. uh, much of it comes from my own experience, but you can even find some of them right here in my book. Really? Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence, and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, available now on Amazon. Ooh, where else? Uh, pretty much Amazon. But way to highlight the fact oh. that I don't have my book anywhere else. <laughs> well, it was I at mean, Books and at, Books. Well, that's true. It's at Books and Books. That's true. That's true. They got a secondary shipment Yes, now? they did. Okay, good. Yeah, because uh, it sold out at your event. So if you have the internet or are in South Florida... <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> One of those two. Or both, if you want. You can get those. You can get the book. Be at, a buddy and buy the book. Yeah, get the get the book. Come on, um, it's it's great. Okay, but it's an Amazon search. Break the business. Uh, thank you for setting up the plug for me, Dave. Oh, you're welcome. So some of the things that you should be doing. Um, I'm set, like Ron Popeil over here. I wonder how many people get that reference. You got it though. That's pretty good. I did get that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. But wait, there's more. Exactly. So um. So some of the things that are on this list, I'm not going to go through all of them because I know you are just despising lists like this. But um, first one, uh, register with SoundExchange to collect your digital performance royalties. So some of the streaming uh, services that are out there, um, there are two different royalties that get paid. Mm -hmm. One is to the songwriter. Right. And so to get those, you know, so if you write a song and it gets streamed on Pandora or something, you get paid there through your PRO, ASCAP, BMI. CSAC, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other half of it is, what if you own the sound recording? What if you also recorded the master, as indie artists do? How do you get paid there? Sound Exchange. It's a special uh, rights collection organization that handles just your performance royalties for sound recordings on those kind of streaming services. So many artists, in fact, have not registered with Sound Exchange, Dave. And right. many artists, what many artists don't realize is that they may already have money waiting for them on Sound Exchange. And all they have to do is set up an account. Like there is unclaimed 
money for that particular master that's just sitting somewhere waiting to get you know hmm. to be released to you. Interesting. So set yourself up a sound exchange. Um, another one here, and this is one we talk about all the time, Big Dave. Register your copyright. Make sure that hey, you have. There your, we go. Um, and unlike everything else that's involved with dealing with the government, as we've said before. Registering your copyright is easy. spectacularly easy. Easy and cheap. E- easy and cheap because you can take all your works together as a compilation work, register them all at the same time, 35 bucks, done. Boom. Don't mail your stuff to yourself. Yep. That's not the same thing. Don't be a Frederick Bouchot. Wow. Very nice reference. You think yeah. you, I mean, Another good callback to it. That is a good callback. Um, so another one, we talked about this. Register with a publishing rights administrator. Uh, to collect the publishing royalties you're owed. So you write songs, mm-hmm. and you got all these different uh, ways you can get paid. Uh, synchronization royalties, if, you're, if your songs are on TV shows or movies, or perform, uh, public performance royalties, if your song is being performed at a nightclub or is being uh, done on Pandora, Spotify, something like that. Mm-hmm. There are many different ways your song can make money, and you can't go out there and ask all those people, hey, where's my money? So what do you do? Well... It used to be in the old days, what you had to do was hire a publisher. Right. And that sucks because co-publishing deals are kind of predatory. You're usually giving up a chunk of your copyright mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, which you know we talk about in the book as something you don't ever want to do. Your copyrights must belong to you. Right. And you're usually giving up like a 50-50 split of the royalties that come in. What's the alternative? Publishing administrators. Uh, companies like Song Trust. TuneCore and CD Baby all do publishing administration. We're actually bringing in somebody from Song Trust next week to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how publishing administrators oh, nice. work. So yeah, stick around for that. Um, these people can handle your, you know, getting your getting paid from all these different units. Uh, you know, your PROs like ASCAP and BMI, and they make sure you get paid. And they only ask for about ten percent, nice, as opposed to fifty percent. No, it's a pretty good deal. Um, another one: trademark your band name or your artist name. If it's something that can be trademarkable, that can be your name as well as your logo. Um, that's often something, unlike copyright, which you can usually do by yourself. Yeah, trademark is different. You got to get a lawyer, I think, to help you with the trademark, um, unless you're, you know, unless you're just particularly skilled with that. But that might be one of those things that a lawyer is better to help you with because it is a little tricky, but still a good thing to do because your brand can become very valuable someday. Um, another one: create a press page on your website. Um, your website needs to be something where. Folks from the press or even humble podcasts like ours mm-hmm. can find a way to easily contact you. So it needs to have photos, file press release, contact information, sample audio. Make it easy for people in the press to know everything they need to know about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most frustrating things when I see artists' websites and I just want to kind of learn about them. Yeah. And they have everything scattered across 35 pages on their right, site. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So like, get it all in one place so that folks in the media can easily find you. Um, another one, draft a band agreement. If you work, obviously this only matters if you work with a band. Yep. But like any other business partnership, bands are something where you have to kind of figure out um, a whole bunch of things. Who can make the decisions? How is money spent? How are song rights split up? Uh, who can make what type of decisions for the band? What happens if somebody leaves the band? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens to the name of the band? Like if half the band goes and half the band goes another way, who gets to use the band name? Like those are all things. Hmm. That you can carve out in a band agreement, and the book "Break the Business" has uh-huh. a whole section on what a band, what should have a band agreement in there. Um, how is money handled? Um, who has the authority to enter into agreements on the band's behalf? What happens if a new member joins the band? Who owns the band's equipment? Um, you can look through the "Break the Business" book. It's got all the things that should mm-hmm. be in your band agreement, 
And this is another one of those things that you kind of want to get a lawyer to help you with. You know what's funny? Yeah. Last night, I watched for the first time. I didn't see it in theaters, but it was uh, finally came out on HBO. Straight out of Compton. One amazing movie. I mean, everyone said it was amazing, and damn, they were right. And I'm, it's not like I'm into hip-hop or, like, you know, the gangster rap scene, but damn, man, this movie was amazing. Um, Do you think it got shafted by the Academy a little? Oh, de- uh, definitely. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that none of those actors got nominated for anything, that was definitely, uh, talk about Oscars so white there. That was, that was complete bull crap. Those guys got shafted. Wow. Um, but the story, basically, Paul Giamatti's character, the manager, it, it, uh, it, everything you read essentially applied to them in terms of, like, how the how they got screwed over by the system and the industry, by the manager that you know, he he they even had lines in the movie. It's like, you know, the contracts are here. But you don't want lawyers rifling through this. It takes time. They create problems where there are none. You just want to sign it. A lot of this stuff where it's like, oh, ew. And then you know, I'm not sure exactly what's happened, but basically like Ice Cube is saying, you know what, screw this. I'm just walking away. Fine. You want the money? Take it. Whatever. I'm walking away. Same thing with even Dr. Dre then and uh, with, you know, Death Row Records and I, when he left uh, Suge Knight and everything. But, you know, it's just amazing how it's, yeah, you know, like, essentially, Straight Outta Compton should also be, you know what, in the second edition of your book, yeah. put Straight Outta Compton as the uh, appendix. Just the, the whole screenplay? Yes. Is it bad I haven't seen this movie? Everybody's telling well, me it's great. Well, I mean, I only saw it yesterday, so, you know. Well, I know, but like, you know, we're both like in music. <laughs> And I wrote a book about music, and, you, and like I feel like I should see this movie. It's just one of those things that slipped through the cracks for me. I'm, I'm going to see it soon. Yeah. Oh, it, it's amazing. And also, I mean, there's you know the music business side, but also sort of the other stuff with like authority and police and censorship and all that stuff, which is topical. Yeah. So, uh, fantastic film. And uh, I don't know. It makes me almost kind of want to buy the record, Boys in the Hood. <laughs> Break the Business Podcast, your source for movie reviews for movies that came out like nine months ago. Yes, and all the goings on in South Central Los Angeles. That's right. <laughs> um, and before we leave this topic, mm-hmm. um, I think these are all great tips, and there's a few more on that page. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check it out, the DIY Musician blog, um, that you can also read. But I want to add a couple to this, because mm-hmm. as I'm reading this, I'm like, you know what? If I had to advise an artist on like the foundational things they want to have, um, there are a couple more that I think are worth adding. First of all, um, set up your corporate structure. I know it sounds mm-hmm. like it's not very rock starish, like, oh, make sure you know corporate formalities are in order, but set up an LLC to run all your entertainment activities. Um, it has two benefits for you. One, it gives you a little bit of extra limited liability, which means more legal protection. And two, it makes things a heck of a lot easier come tax time. All the stuff that you're spending on your music career, your instruments, your equipment, your studio time. These are all things that are tax deductible for you if you run your own business and you shouldn't, you know, you should be able to get all the tax credits that Ooh, you can write-offs. get for that. Yeah, write-offs, exactly. You know, all those things you're spending on your music career, which I mean, if you know indie artists is way too much, um, because they you know, you all spend like crazy on this stuff, like you shouldn't have to pay taxes on the money that you spend on those things for your business. Uh-huh. And the best way to make sure that you can get your tax house in order is to fold everything under an LLC. And uh, second point on that, get a bank account, get a bank Mm -hmm. account for this LLC. And then everything that you spend for your entertainment career is spent through that bank account. Do not spend personal funds Mm -hmm. on music career stuff. 
and of equal importance, don't spend business stuff. Don't spend yeah. your business money on personal yeah. stuff. Um, that's always a bad news. Now, should they? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And I'm just saying, like, yeah, those are those are important points. So you set up your LLC. You get a tax ID number, which is really uh-huh. easy to do. You can go on the IRS website. You don't need a lawyer for that for the most part. And then you go to the banks. You take those two things, your LLC articles and your tax ID number. Go to the bank. Set up a bank account for your LLC. Done. Sweet. Yeah. Now, should they do like Mr. Burns, though, and at the top of the corporate structure, put a canary? That way, he's getting, if anything happens, he's in trouble. It's a canary. Oh, and then this, that's the again, blame the point the finger yeah. at. Smart move. Remember that episode? I do. Okay. Sage, <laughs> sage business advice. All right. So that, that's like the last little piece I'd throw right, in cool. there. Um, all right. Jay May coming up next. We'll see you in just after the break. That was a bad way of phrasing that. That was Let me a try horrible that. segue. I know. Jay May coming up next. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. There you go, Ron Popiel. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is a New York-based artist and indie folk singer-songwriter who has performed on Late Night and The Late Late Show. Her music has appeared in films and on TV programs, including How I Met Your Mother. Her latest project is To Tell the Truth, a 13-track album that will be her first-ever release in vinyl. You can find out more about this project by visiting pledgemusic.com slash jmaymusic. Ladies and gentlemen, jmay is on the Break the Business Podcast. Hey, Jamie, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Brian and Dave. It's awesome to be here. Um, right. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is great. We're big fans of your work. Uh, you know, I'm sure you get this all the time, but we fell in love with your music uh, the way many people in America did uh, on uh, that season two, I believe, episode of How I Met Your Mother that had your song on it, and that was awesome. Oh, good. I was curious how you, how you discovered me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Sea Green, Sea Blue, that was. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, your story in music has been quite a thrilling story indeed. And and so and there's a lot more to you than just that TV episode for sure. Uh, you went from being a label artist to sort of taking control of your own music career and making the most of your talents and and all the things you have to offer. Can you walk us a little bit through that musical journey of yours? Sure. Um, I consider myself a late bloomer pretty much with everything. Um, I didn't start performing live my own songs until I graduated college. So... My first experience ever with a live performance was at the Sidewalk Cafe, which is in New York City's East Village. I love and, that place. Oh, you so you know it. Awesome. Yeah, I used to um, live in the village. But um, this was in August 2003. I started going with Latch was the host every Monday night, and I just became obsessed. And I felt like this was my calling and all I was going to focus on. So from 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, I really truly was an independent artist. And I made that first EP, Sea Green, Sea Blue. And that really what was, that's what was garnering the attention um, from the record labels. And they started approaching me and coming to my shows. And I was playing bigger and bigger venues. Um, and so it was a very organic process, the whole thing, my whole initiation in the music scene, actually. Oh, very, very cool. Um, and so you had a time with labels. Um, right. 
So I, I thought, uh, don't sign in the U.S. Like, I had interest abroad at with Heavenly Recordings, and I thought it would be cool to move abroad. Um, I lived in Italy for one year, but otherwise had never been, um, I'd never been in the U.K. And my brother was my manager at the time, so we decided to go with Heavenly. And we moved overseas, and I was there, I think, 15 months um, in 2007, touring all over the U.K. I mean, really all over, constantly. Um and then Blue Note was interested, and really it's because of Chet Baker. I'm a, Chet Baker is my, one of my favorite artists. And I thought, all right, all right, I'll sign with Blue Note because um, I really respected the label so much. And so that happened a year later. And then in 2008, I was no longer on a label. Um, so it was very short-lived, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when we were talking about it earlier, you actually you didn't even realize that you, like your contract was done or you were dropped. You had to find out later. It's not like you, you, they didn't tell you. They didn't tell me, and I don't really think it's their fault. I mean, I think they were dropped, essentially. So um, Heavenly Recordings was dropped from EMI, and everything was a mess, and I don't I don't think they were really in touch. And, um, I was more focused in the States than anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. It wasn't a really big deal. It didn't feel like, oh, my God, I'm dropped. What am I going to do now? It felt very natural, and I think it was probably what I wanted. I've always felt I had more success as a solo artist. Um, and it was more fun, maybe. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Um, but I mean, your story is not really that unusual. It's, it's particularly in that that two thousands era. There was a lot of artists who were sort of affected by record label corporate politics and consolidations. It was a pretty turbulent time for the industry. And um, that being said, it it you are correct in that it has indeed brought you to a time in your career where you've you know, really done some great stuff. Uh, the most recent of which is this Pledge Music campaign that you're putting out for your latest album, To Tell the Truth, um, oh, yeah. which, as we said in the introduction for you, is your first ever vinyl release. Can you tell us a bit about uh, To Tell the Truth and what motivated you to release this album in vinyl? Well, um, I partially recorded the album, well, a majority of it, with this producer named Jay Foote. And as we were recording he was saying that it would sound so good on vinyl. And then for a part of the recording process, I actually went to Norway and recorded a bunch of songs. And a lot of that was to tape. And in Norway, uh, records are very popular. And the guy I was staying with had a record player. And I don't have a record player, but we were listening to all the music on the record player. And um, it seemed like a good impetus for the Pledge Music campaign. I never had done a crowdsourced funding. Um so it just seemed like a very unique first time thing to be offering my fans and limited. I guess you can't, it's not limited edition, but um, it's not like we're printing, you know, a million records. Like I, I'm hopefully they'll all sell and it will feel like limited edition, like a very special thing. Um, and I've never tried it. So I think why not just try and see how it goes see. And they were the first thing to sell really. I mean, everyone wants the records. Yeah. No, it, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but, um, every single form of physical media has gone down in sales since 2000, as you might expect, mm -hmm. with the exception, exception of, of vinyl. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's making its way back. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure the hipster uh, movement definitely jump-started that. I, I'm actually staring at my own record player right now here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll... Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to adding I, your uh, record to the collection. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to hear it um, on vinyl. But I wonder if that's going to be a perpetual thing, you know, like um, if it will maintain its popularity or be some sort of... Like, people won't be as interested maybe in a couple of years. I have no idea. I'm always curious about that. Well, there, there's something about the vinyl sound. It's it's a warmer sound, and 
And I think there's always going to be a market for people who want to smugly show their vinyl records to their friends yeah. and feel superior. So there's that. <laughs> Plus, also, you do get to actually see album artwork as it was intended, you know, bigger as opposed to small on your screen. That's that's a nice oh, component absolutely. of it, too. So, well, that, and the whole formal approach to music listening. You yeah. know, like, you have to take it out of the sleeve. You have to walk to the record uh, player. It's kind of like I love making coffee in the morning, the tradition of it, and all the apparatuses involved. I make it in a mocha coffee thing, and I feel like it's maybe similar to that. Well, it feels like an event. It, oh, it, it truly <laughs> does. Uh, and let me ask you this question on behalf of many artists who I've spoke with um, who have contemplated doing a vinyl release like you're doing, but haven't quite been able to take the plunge yet. I've even had artists I've interviewed on this show who have said on the program, I want to do vinyl, but I don't know if the time is right. And it can be a great thing for an artist to do for their career as you have done, but it comes with some challenges, um, including just the logistics of, you know, you know, working with that kind of physical medium. And so based on your experience, when do you think the time is right for an artist to attempt a vinyl release? And do you have any advice for artists who want to try releasing music in that format? Um, well, I, to be honest, I don't think I would be doing it if I wasn't doing this crowdsourced funding campaign. Um, and I really, what's, what, I mean, what's the reticence? Is it the cost of manufacturing? I don't really know what's, what, are, what's the deal. Well, like, that's, why are that, they... that would be it. I would imagine, you know, with, yeah. with, uh, with a, with an MP3 release, you know, your production costs are zero and, you know, even CDs are pretty cheap to produce, but you know, right. Vinyl is is a whole other you know bear, and so what what it what it sounds like is you know you have to have the fan base, and because you have to be able to have the support in there to be able to do this with a crowdfunding campaign, so you can get that capital you need. I think I mean I certainly would never prioritize vinyl, and the only reason I'm doing it is because of pledge. Um, I would never be able to afford on my own right now just printing vinyl and these digi packs it would be impossible, and t-shirts and everything. <laughs> but it's worth it now. I'm I'm so happy, and like I said, it was the most popular item. Yeah, we're really excited for it. And um, I, I want to go turn my attention to another aspect of your pledge music campaign, um, because again, it's really impressively well put together, and you do a lot of things oh, wow. in this campaign. No, it, it's one of the best I've seen. You can you know, take oh my that. god for what that's worth. Uh, it has my stamp of approval. Um, wow. Oh, I love and, to hear this. Thank you. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and, but, you know, one of the things that it does that's really cool is how you you use your other skills, your other abilities to help bolster your campaign. In, in in which I specifically mean how you use your paintings and give those away as rewards. Can you talk a bit about that? Absolutely, and I, you're probably not familiar with the story because it's not really an accessible story online via Wikipedia and all. But I had a major tour in 2013. It was called the Never Daunted Tour, and it was a solo headline tour across the whole country and also Canada. And the third day into the tour, I just was so ill that I could no longer perform and ended up in the hospital. And I have Crohn's disease, which I had known about, but it just escalated to a point that made performance impossible, and it even made kind of life impossible. And I had to relinquish my apartment and move in with my parents on Long Island for about a year. And I was rendered to a bed, and I had no true access to recording music. And I didn't even want to make music <laughs> at that point. Um, so I started drawing. Um, I started my Instagram account on January 1st, 2014. And I began just drawing every day and really doing collage, using whatever was in my immediate vicinity. Um, I was using glue and string and hole punch and just making these kind of like 
I don't, I don't, I think collage is a word to use or just watercolor birds. Um, and posting a piece of art a day on Instagram. And I've always painted birds and sold that. I do all my merch along with my website, so I've always been in charge of my merch. But this is certainly the application of art to a new level, um, being so sick and in a bed. And my fans are really interested. Um, another component of this whole story is my sister passed away. Um, she died when she was 26, and this was five years ago, and I'm dedicating the album to her. And I really was going through this pain and loss and struggling a lot. And that's what this music is about. That's what these songs are about. I mean, there's a song called Cassie's Song on the album. That's my sister's name. Um, so I think of art as part of the story. I mean, you know, I had to stop doing music and I came to art, but basically it's the same voice that's coming through. So um, in the end, it's, it's all a voice. And um, if I couldn't play music, I would just find another means of conveying my voice. It feels very similar, actually. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, hey, it's getting out your creativity, right? It's getting out what's in your head and your heart and, you know, in some sort of medium, tangible, and just putting it Absolutely. out there. Yeah. And yeah, actually, and it, ha it has to surface. Um, it has to. It's yeah. like it, it, it totally comes out. <laughs> and one of the aspects, like, I consider, like, your performance art part is uh, when I was searching on your website and found, like, you know, went to your YouTube page, well, definitely your videos were really, really cool and interesting, yes. and especially the one, like, for uh, Anybody Home where oh my god I, I just thought it's so interesting it's so simple when you think about it but just i don't know just it's so new and different and interesting and it's kind of like well duh that makes sense why wouldn't you try to do something like that it's almost like it's almost like imogen heap first starting out like finding out a way to, without a looper okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you've got yourself on a monitor on your on your computer screen and you're harmonizing with yourself yeah, I'm surprised, you know, that that hasn't been done more. Um, people compliment that all the time, and I'm like, is it original? It's not like I checked them, like, are people doing this? It just felt very, it felt like a very natural thing. And um, the way I discovered my musical talent in the first place was just my ability to harmonize. I mean, that's, that's all I did as a kid was harmonize everything. It was very annoying for anyone nearby. <laughs> but that's what I do, uh, yeah. You, you harmonize with yourself very yeah. well. But but also, <laughs> Thank I mean, you. But you know what? We'll just break it here on the show. You you created that. You invented that. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. we're going to go ahead and give you the patent on that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, you know, we're, I'll we're, take we're, it. We're, we're both lawyers. We have that power. Uh, <laughs> yes. We hereby, by the power vested us in the state of Florida, decree that you created that sort of video. <laughs> and it, wow. And, and it's yeah. awesome. And, you know, to... To take it back to something serious for a second, Dave, and you know, I already regret doing that because I think you know, that was, you know, lighthearted is always more fun. But when I think of the many adjectives that can describe JMA and her music mm. with respect to what it can mean for other indie artists, the adjective that comes to mind is inspiring. I would agree. Um, That's a good word. Inspiring for two reasons. One, there are many indie artists out there who wonder if they can have a career even if they start a little late. And JMA is evidence that you can. And there are probably other artists out there who have experienced a lot of difficulty and heartache and mm -hmm. wonder if they can rise above that. And again, JMA is an example that not only can you rise above that heartache, but you can, you know, create beautiful things it. from that pain. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tool. <laughs> oh God. And I'm already going to regret this. I see it here on my question sheet that now I'm going to go from something inspiring like that to just another question about your pledge music you're campaign slave to your own no, nose. You can ask whatever you want. Really. Well, I know, but but I'm I'm genuinely curious about this, and I, I imagine artists are too. Um, another thing that's cool about your pledge music, I know, Dave, I know. Hold but, on a second, hold on a second. I, yeah. I, I got a way to distance this up. Okay, okay. So you're you're from New York, right? 
I am from Long Island, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'll, I'll just put it this way. My dad was born in Brooklyn back in mm-hmm. 1956, obviously, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. And like everyone else back then, most of the families moved out to Long Island uh, in the, to the suburbs. So my, yeah, my, actually, my dad was basically, you know, raised in Oceanside, Long Island. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, yeah, my grandfather, like, uh, actually, uh, worked at a pharmacy in Levittown. I think also be in Rockville nice. Center. Nice. So, uh, uh yeah, I, we've, I've only been up there once, but you know, lo- lovely place, you know, always nice to drive through the small towns and the city triangles are what they call it. It's not city squares, it's the city triangle in Oceanside. Is that sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud. Like actually the album cover is the sand from the Great South Bay on the street that I lived on in Bayport because I'm singing, it's basically alluding to I gave my my literal home address, I say, in the song. There's a lyric, 183 South Medicore. And then at the end of the street is the Great South Bay and a beach. And that's the album cover. It's me making the cover in the sand. It's the oh, back cool. Of the so it's really Long Island infused. Now, are your parents still at that address? No. Okay, um, good, 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 good. <laughs> I, I'm in touch with the family who is – I have a great story about that, actually, too, but it's kind of long. But I'm in touch with the family. Is it a and good then, story? Yeah. I kind of want to hear it. That- it, it, it's a great story, I think. Okay, so I don't I don't know which mall it was, but my parents were at the mall, which they very rarely go to the mall, and they were getting Haagen-Dazs ice, ice cream, I believe. And my dad was wearing a J-May shirt that I had made when I was living in England. So it's his black shirt that says J-May, and it's one of my birds. And he's asking for the ice cream, and the girl scooping it says, how do you know J-May? And he's like, well, my daughter. And she's like, really? I'm such a big fan. And so they started talking, and he says, where are you from? And she says, Bayport. And he's like, really? Because they weren't in the town of Bayport. And he, and he said, really, us too? Where? And then she says her street. And he's like, that's weird. Us too. Which house? And then she actually lives in my former house that oh I live from the God. Wow. She lives in the, she lives there. Now, I was there from kindergarten through 10th grade. And she's a fan of mine. And she's actually getting a tattoo of this giant sycamore tree that I sing about on her arm. So it's just, everything is seems to just really link wow. in a very bizarre way. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, based on it being in the song lyric, like, does that house get bombarded with mail? Like, do fans come and visit it on, no. like, a J-May pilgrimage or anything like that? <laughs> I got No, no, but I have it all over my pledge campaign. I took all this footage of being there in the streets of my school that I went to. It's really a part of it. So I love that story. No. I can't wait to give the family the album, actually. that That is an unbelievable story, and I'm so glad we went down that road instead of me just asking you another crowdfunding question. That well, was... I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to answer questions because I have to say there's there was absolutely a stigma attached to doing anything that was crowdsourced. I was always like, if I'm an artist, I'm gonna fund everything myself. Otherwise, I'm not an artist, and it's all about making it work. What's your this sort of ethical, you know, conundrum you might have had is something that many artists will often confront when they do crowdfunding for the first time. And what I would say to any artist out there who gets hit with sort of the criticism that you know crowdfunding is is panhandling, why can't you fund your own campaign, is crowdfunding's not a charity drive. The fans are getting something for their contribution. Uh, Jamie, for example, is giving out everything from T-shirts to CDs to posters to even her own guitar. Um, yeah, they're so, sold. Yeah, they're getting something for the money they give. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a business transaction like any other, and artists shouldn't feel ashamed of crowdfunding. It's the way that indie artists are going to drive their careers in the future. It is. And it's pre-ordering. That's all it is. It's pre-ordering a product. That's right. Um, but it did take me years to be comfortable with that. I promise you. I, I really had an issue with it. Well, um, well I'm, I'm glad you've come around. And let me ask you something about your Pledge Music campaign because I'm curious. Um, and then we'll get into your song in a bit, which I'm excited about. Uh, your campaign's at 99% right now. Like, 
how mm-hmm. like, does that mean like if if, if i if, if one of us like donates a dollar are you going to get funded <laughs> how does that work that's what i think everyone's thinking basically what happens is um they have they have to clear all the credit cards and until that happens they can't give the real number it's actually above 100 now oh. but um, um there's there's a fan of mine he bought the executive producer package his name is can and he lives in Turkey, I believe, Istanbul, Turkey. And he pledged so much money, and um, all, he bought like so many things. So we're waiting for all the tra- transactions to clear. But everyone keeps asking. They're like, "Can I be the hundred, the hundred percent person?" And I'm like, "I don't think so." For a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of hoping uh-huh. if I like kicked in like twenty bucks, you know, like you know, just balloons would drop from the ceiling, and like you know, trumpets would start blaring because I'm the person who got it over the hundred percent. Well, that's not nearly as cool well, now, but well, no, if yeah. anything, oh. it's, it's almost like the producers, like Max Bialish doc, she would say, "Of course, you can be the one that contribute that gets me over a hundred. <laughs> and you, t- yeah, and you tell that you tell it to like fifty people. She's so like, "Ha ha, hundred fifty percent, ha." Exactly. Um, yeah. I was compelled myself to give the money <laughs> just to see the number. <laughs> Well, you know what? Let's let's rewind and make it seem like that's what we need people to do because we want to, of course, help out your campaign as much as we can. And to do that, um, we want to play one of your songs right now. This is I Was Only Loving You, and we love it, and we want to share it with the fans. And so here it is on the Break the Business podcast. Thank you. Things were fine, things were good until you changed your mind. So sublime, I could hear the church bells chiming. Don't know when or why or how, baby, it's overnight. I was only loving you, I was only loving you, I was only loving you like I thought I'm supposed to do, and I was only loving you. I always dreamed of love, can't believe my love was a born of wings, both my feet are stuck. I'm Things. Get out of this rut. I know my heart sings. I won't care. 
That was I Was Only Loving You by Jay May on the Break the Business podcast. Please, please, please support her Pledge Music campaign by going to pledgemusic.com slash jmay, J-A-Y-M-A-Y, music. That was awesome. Thank you so much for letting us play that. Oh, God, thank you so much. Um, I just want to say one more thing to further incentivize people is that any money I make over the 100% mark um, is 10% of that will be donated to my sister's school, the Center for Discovery. So it just is a good way to contribute. Oh, very nice. Want to plug oh. it. Yeah. What a what what a lovely human being you are um and it 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 gives me no pleasure to uh get to the end of this interview because we could honestly Mm -hmm. talk to you for hours but um you know everything in the world has time limits unfortunately and uh Mm -hmm. but before we let you go um we're particularly excited just to hear if you have any other final tips that you want to share with the indie artist listeners out there Uh, we are all ears Sure. Well, I have never regretted any creative endeavor. So I would say that if something is nagging you and eating you up inside, something you feel you've always wanted to do, even if you've never even tried and you have no idea about it, and it's just like this inkling in your gut, I would say go for it because as cliche as it sounds, um, in the end you'll probably regret even more not doing it. That's what I would say. Oh, that's awesome. Good advice. <laughs> Good life advice in general. Yes. Uh, it, it has been a slice of heaven, Jamey. Uh, please don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you on again real soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks, Dave. All the best with Break the Business Podcast. Uh, uh, thank you very much. We'll be right Thanks, back bye. on the Break the Business Podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to our good friend, Jay May, for joining us in the previous segment. Go to pledgemusic.com slash Music and please support her album, To Tell the Truth. I was so excited to have her on the show. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was really good stuff. Yeah. One of the cool things about this podcast is, I mean, it's always cool to like meet artists and talk to them, but whenever we can have somebody on that like I liked and knew of before I got sort of into this whole book and podcasting thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's particularly because it's sort of like a meeting your heroes kind of thing. And that's, you know, that's, that's fun on its whole other level. Right. Well, if we get Metallica on the show, I will be really, really happy. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, well, they have their own recording label. They own their own stuff now. I mean, Metallica qualifies as an independent, an independent artist. Anyway. If we got Metallica, we'd let them on, indie or not. Okay, cool. That's good stuff. Just so I can see you go, ah! Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I would totally be a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got D-Block stuff right now. Uh-huh. And um, this obviously doesn't really work in the audio vi- uh, means, but I'll direct you folks. Ryan... Do you know that uh, what's happening right now in? I was gonna say, do you know what's happening right now in Europe, which is a oh. myriad, which is a myriad of answers. But oh. right now, um, there is one good thing at least happening in in uh, in England in London, Star Wars Celebration. Oh, walk me through this. This sounds pretty cool. Well, Star Wars Celebration they have I think it's like once or twice a year, but you know, basically this whole big Star Wars like convention thing put on by Star Wars, like by the people, by the studios and everything. You know, it's now it's Disney and everything, but. You know, it's a Star Wars thing. I've never been to one. I kind of want to go to one, especially now with all the, all the new stuff happening. Um, coming out from it, they have released the new poster for Rogue One, 
dude, it looks so awesome, man. Is this going to be good? Yes, it's going to be well, good. I, I, I thought it was too, but I'm, I'm worried because I didn't. I heard. I thought I heard something about them needing to do reshoots. I don't. Well, whatever. I mean, okay. It, I wouldn't have chosen Gareth Edwards after seeing what he did with Godzilla, right? Or actually, as it should be called, that dude that was married to uh, the Olsen sister in that movie, because really, this movie was about him, right? Not Godzilla or right. Brian Cranston, right? You know, the which two is, which, main, the two selling points in the marketing campaign, yeah. Brian Cranston and Godzilla. Like, I think they were. I think. The they had a total is, of like 18 minutes of screen time. It was time. like 18 <laughs> minutes of screen time. Yes, that was like the actual number that, you know, was devised out of that movie. Bullcrap. So as long as he doesn't do that sort of bullshit, you know, we should be fine. But I, I hear people saying like, oh, my God, I'm not sure about it. I'm like, dude, this looks awesome. And some, some guy said like, oh, the trailer didn't look that great. Like, screw you, dude. Rogue One trailer was awesome. The ro- no, the trailer looks, I'm just saying like reshoot. Whenever I hear a movie needed reshoots, that always is kind of like a beep. Like alert kind of thing. Yeah, I like, mean, you know I what movie know. needed reshoots? Jersey Girl. Like that's okay. The, we're not like, going. There. I'm just saying. Like when when movies well, I mean, need sui- reshoots, oh, oh, it's oh, like oh my god, this yeah. we need to like tape this. Well, Suicide back together. Suicide Squad had to go into reshoots after the the debacle that was Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. But anyway, anyway, go go, go online. Um, you know, follow tw- Star Wars on Twitter. Just all these other people. That you know, you'll see this poster. It looks so good, man. You get like the Death Star, like in the sky. The top of it is, you know, a rebellion built on hope. Ah, because of new yeah. hope and everything. Yeah, yeah. A lot of cool stuff. And they they have some extra like making of behind the scenes footage they're showing. And they have this new creature that, that they unveil that looks pretty cool. And I think he's not CG. He's like a, a real creature, which is amazing. That's why I love practical effects. That's why I like these new Star Wars. This direction, anyway. That's really really cool. So I'm I'm getting geeked up on Star Wars in the summer right now. So, um, I mean, it's it's going to be a long wait till December 18th. I think that's when it is. December 18th is when Rogue One comes out in theaters. And also they announced who's going to be playing uh, young Han Solo in the Han Solo standalone movie. Who is it? Oh, um, oh had it sorry, sorry. The, what was the thing? Like I Erlen? figured you had it queued up. It was the guy that was the, the cowboy character in Hail Caesar. I never saw that movie. Yeah, okay. But I saw it. It was a good movie. Anyway, it seems like actually not, like, not a bad choice. All right, cool. So, so he looks like him. And All right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm Star Wars geeked up, man. All right, so I want to take advantage of you if you're in, like, if, if you are. You regularly do. If you're, sup- <laughs> if you're super stoked about Star Wars right now, I kind of want to, you know, uh, engage in some revenge. Last week, yeah. you and apparently many of the listeners shamed me because i didn't know who the hell wicked wicked w warwick was yeah wicked the ewok and i i took issue with the fact I, that an ewok would have the same name as a tax accountant and I, uh your brother was kind enough to send me a photo of your niece with her stuffed wicked bear from like build a bear and says I'm eight years old and i know who wicked is which is you uh, dumb ryan she, that part I, i'm that. pretty sure she yeah, had yeah. that but I you know I'm I, I love that I I wish I, we should frame it and put it up in the studio. Well, um, I'm getting people tweeting like making fun of me. How do you not know Wicked W? So anyway, the yeah. point is I want to like turn this around on you. You think you know your Star Wars names, Mister? I know all the Star Wars names. So I, I set up a game. Okay, here's how the game works. It's it's uh you have a madness coming over you right I'm, now because I mean I, I got so angry yesterday because it's like Wicked W Warwick crap. Ryan, hey Ryan. Ewoks don't have names. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. What? It's not your fault. I know. No, Ryan, it's not your fault. I know. Ryan, it's not your fault. <laughs> I know. Ryan, what? Ryan, look at me. Look at my eyes right now. Yeah. It's not your fault. 
don't don't screw with me, man. Ryan, I've got a really kick-ass don't. beard. It's not your fault. Don't. <laughs> I know you do, and I'm a troubled kid from Southie, but. <laughs> oh, this is so. Oh, you cry, baby. Oh, I. You know what? I'm sorry. It's your fault. It's. Uh, this is obviously your fault. Wait, wait what? It's like the word, like, you have a beard. I'm supposed to trust your therapy. This is where you hug me, and it's our breakthrough. No, no, no. You didn't know who Wicket was. To get, uh, I'm just messing with you. Get the hell out of here. What the hell? I, your, your niece should be. This is the worst therapy session ever. Either way, yeah. here's the game. Abigail, right? do you want to co-host the show? I'm going to give you seven names. You tell me <laughs> if it is the name of a Star Wars character uh-huh. or the name of a wine. We're calling this Wars or Wine. Star Wars or Wine. Okay. Ready? Okay. First one. Wald. That's a Star Wars character. That's correct. A Rodian slave boy under the ownership of Watto and friends with Anakin Skywalker and the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Next one. Nanbu Bijin. By the way, are you actually going to say the if there are wines in any sort of appropriate accent? You think I know how to pronounce any of these? I don't know Star Wars or wine. That's a wine. Good start. This zesty sake is bold and versatile with concentrated floral citrus and chocolatey notes. Kono. Could you use it in a sentence, please? Is Kono a Star Wars character or the name of wine? Can you spell it? (laughs) K-O-N-O. K-O-N-O. Kono. Oh, that's right. It's not a spelling bee. Uh, Let's see if I can read your mind. <laughs> wine. Wow! This refreshing white offers a clear, focused mix of passion fruit, lime, mango, and green apple flavors on a light, smooth body. <laughs> Shumai. Star Wars. Wow! <laughs> President of the Commerce Guild, member of the Separatist Council, she was killed by Darth Vader on, on Mustafar. Did I get that right? Mustafar, yeah. Mustafar, along with the rest of the Separatist Council in Revenge of the Sith. Man! Walking into a buzzsaw here. That's four out of seven, right? At least. Panaka. Panaka? (laughs) I'm going to say it's a nice full body rosé. Wrong! Captain of the Queen's Guard in the Phantom Menace who eventually becomes... Oh, yeah, Captain Panaka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said it like horribly pronounced. pronounced. This is Panaka. You're saying Panaka or Panaka? Like, yeah, you you spray some Panaka in your mouth. You're so weird. Panaka! Yeah. You just got to... But you know what? His character name is Captain Panaka, so it doesn't count. Well, if I call it Cap, it's their rank. That's the character's name. He's Captain Panaka. But like, you don't call Princess Leia General Leia, and she's a general. Well, in A New Hope, she was just Princess Leia. She's General Leia later on. Just take your L and move on. No. Anima. Wine. Deep ruby red in color and has complex aromas of savory spices, wild raspberries, dark cherry fruit, and a hint of violets and smokiness. Hmm. Finally, Rabe. Star Wars character. Damn. Damn. I'm in the presence of brilliance. Handmaiden to Queen Amidala in The Phantom Menace. Your paltry revenge has been quashed, Ryan. Man, just the, the weakest uprising. I... I have Ryan. I did not you know what you were right there. I brought there. a knife to a gunfight. N- no, what you did, Ryan, you were Alderan, and I have just commanded the Death Star to destroy you, and you have been destroyed. 
<laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. See, you know, you know your place, buddy. Know your place. You know, I think I think I should have made it because pretty much all the characters I did were like ones in the movies because I kind of wanted to make Barely. this a fighting chance. Like you're mostly that's mostly prequels though. Oh, I know, but I feel like I should have like just used characters from like the books that you know only the or the strictest. Disney cartoons. Yeah. Like you know, like from the Clone Wars or whatever. Like maybe it would have been a little trickier. But I wanted to make you know, I wanted to see you know how deep your movie knowledge. Well, you was. know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. But uh, I'm, you know what, Ryan? Yeah. Because you're so low right now. Ha. See what I did there? Low. Oh, so low. Yeah. You're looking for it. Okay. It's not good. I see. I it's because I have destroyed your confidence. Because you are seconds away from finding the nearest peak here in Miami to jump off of. Thank God we don't. We yeah, don't this have is that. Miami. We don't really do that here. Yeah, but isn't, I'm going to. I got to keep you from just like you know, flinging yourself in the ocean and, and drowning yourself and pulling a Sylvia Plath or something. Well, that was head in the oven. Anyway, damn. I think I'm going to take mercy on you. I got a friend here that was planning on bringing it anyway, and I think you know what? Thank God he's here because he's, he's going to lighten you up, buddy. All right, Canada Dave, get in here, pal. Oh wow, what's Hey Ryan, how's it going? Eh? Hi Canada, Dave. It's kinda, good to see you. There's a there's a smell of burningness in here, like something just got fried and toasted. I don't know, I don't know what that's about. You guys, it, it, I don't think you're zoned for having a restaurant kitchen in here, Ryan. <laughs> but um, anyway, all right, it's good to see a smiling buddy. It's good to see a smiling. It's good to see you, Canada, Dave. I feel like it's been too long. Oh, the buddy. people have been demanding you. Oh yeah, I got I Ryan. I was admonished by a fan that said, "Hey, hey, buddy." It's pretty hoserness that you're not around here doing the show. So here I am, man. I'm no, here to do the show. It's great. Uh, so we're going to do a round of Canada Town or Hoser Talk. Can you tell people how this works? Oh, absolutely, my friend. And folks out there. So, you know, Canada is uh, a big country no to the north of the United States, for those of you who don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've got, you know, listen, I'm a proud Canadian. You know, I am standing on guard for the true north, strong and free, like always. And... Um, you know, but we got some funny towns. You know, there's some funny town names, Ryan, that, you know, you just don't see That's anywhere right, else yeah, in yeah. the world, really. You know, so, but it's funny because how many Americans really know what's a town and what's just like made up, just like Flin Flon, which is a funny joke, Ryan, because Flin Flon sounds like it's something made up, but it's an actual Canadian town, Ryan. <laughs> that was from a round we played a number of shows ago. <laughs> it just illustrates the point perfectly, Ryan. <laughs> right on. So, all right. So, uh, how many of these am I going to have to guess here? Well, we'll see how it how it goes, Ryan. I think I've got like maybe like eight or nine or something like that. Oh my goodness! I don't have my usual amount just because you know. Well, you know, Ryan, the wolves oh, right, are a right. constant menace. Yeah, and they've they've been particularly bad lately, which is also one of the reasons I haven't been able to go out. One of the reasons I wasn't able to go to your uh, books and books event in Coral Gables. I would have loved to, Ryan, but the wolves they were just. Um, they were just playing with me. They uh, there were wolves in the near the affluent neighborhood of Coral Gables that were no, keeping no, you from attending this. No, 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 in, in Canada, but outside of the cabin, you know, they they were texting me like really like mean emojis and just things insinuating they were going to eat me and do bad things. Oh, I would have never. I would have thought they would have had trouble like doing texts with their paws. It. it and it's, who would give a wolf an iPhone like this? I mean, it's quite it is quite amazing a feat that these wolves have uh, mastered iPhone and emoji technology. Um, I don't care as much about that as much as the fact that they want to eat me. That's fair. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let the scientists like try to do that. But I think they may get eaten, too. Anyway, buddy, let's let's play some kind of the town or hoser talk in here. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> OK. 
All right, Ryan. Yeah. Nottawa. Nottawa. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Ottawa, your right. capital city, but, but obviously it's not Ryan because so, it's Nottawa. So it might be Nottawa. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say that's Hoser talk. Ryan, Nottawa is in Ontario. No, what? Ryan, it's Nottawa. It's it's not like with a K either. It's like no, it's Nottawa. It's Ottawa with an N in front. Nottawa. I think one of their big claims to fame is that they're not Ottawa, which <laughs> which most towns in Canada really can make that same that's, claim. That's true. In fact, that's I'd really say, nothing to be proud of. I'd say every city and town uh, not named Ottawa anywhere in the world could really be said we're not Ottawa, Canada. That's that's true. Miami, Florida is not Ottawa, Ryan. Did you know that? You haven't been able to go that many Senators games down here, have you? <laughs> <laughs> not a good start for me. Oh, uh, right. It never is. Oh, I'm sorry, but Damn. that was mean. Canada, Dave, oh, wow. you're supposed to be nice to me. That was like the wow. bit is that every, every Dave and all of Dave's alter egos are mean to me, except for Canada. That's the only reason I like having him on. I'm sorry, oh, buddy. Oh, God. I, I, I think the, the trash talking that the wolves have been giving me has kind of made Apparently, it seeped its way in. Like, I'm sorry. I have my guard up with everybody else. Oh, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Dave, buddy. Like, I, 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 I leave my heart open, and you just um, stabbed it. I'm sorry about that, man. I, I am sorry. So, I am. You know what? Listen, I got some Rush CDs in the car. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to give those to you, all right? Okay. All right. Tom Sawyer. Okay. <laughs> that is a Rush song, yes. All right. Ryan, okay, now, I, I, like I said, the Canada Dave gets emails from these listeners, and th- this was a good one. All right. N- now, I don't have my buddy here uh, from uh, Quebec to do this for me, but uh, I- I've been taking some lessons. So, uh, Saint-Louis du ha-ha. Saint-Louis du ha-ha? <laughs> Saint-Louis du ha-ha. Ryan, is that a Canadian town or hoser talk? That's, th- that, that's crazy. That's got to be hoser talk. Oh boy, Ryan, we got another. You're wrong here. What? Ryan, San Luis du Haha is obviously in Quebec. San, can you spell that for me? Well, okay, uh, St. Louis du Haha, Ryan. Du Haha? Du Haha. H A exclamation point. H A exclamation point. With the exclamation points in there, Ryan, it's a Canadian town with exclamations in it. What? It's, it's super real. You can Google it if you want. That's crazy, man. Okay. Interestingly enough, the wolves have shown me they've also created their own wolf search engine called Woofle. Anyway, <laughs> I was I was kind of telling them, listen, guys. I mean, this is all great and everything. You may not want to try to sell it because you may get Google to sue you. They they just howled back at me. <laughs> anyway, the wolves. They're really becoming organized. I gotta say, in, in their. In their collective attempt to try to get me, they're really forming a good society that, out yeah, there. A surprising amount of cunning from these wolves. Yeah. It, I, oh, oh, God, buddy. What if this turns into a Planet of the Wolves situation? I mean, it seems like it's kind of already there if your wolves can <laughs> use 21st century technology to torment you. I'm, I'm basically Charlton Heston in this <laughs> scenario. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Ryan. Okay, buddy. It was St. Louis de Haha all along. Yeah. All right. Ryan Wicket. Oh, God. Um, that's hoser talk. Hey, you got one right, yeah, folks. Yeah, finally. Wow, I was trying to trick you because it seemed like that could be the name of a town. Like, it's like a thicket of woods. It could be a wicket or something. Sure. Or it could be some sort of like, uh, you know, something in the timber industry. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ryan, Joe Bat's arm. Joe Bat's arm? Yeah. Is that a Canadian town, Ryan? Um, 
like Joe, like Joe Bats, like Joey Batista, like for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, really. I, I assume that's what this was. I don't know. How can Joe Bats' arm be the name of a? T- I mean, this is this sounds like it's one of these things that's gonna trip me up, but I mean that's hoser talk. Ryan, Joe Bats' arm is in Newfoundland. What? <laughs> it's Joe Bats' arm. What? <laughs> Apparently. Spell it. J O E space. V A T T apostrophe S space A R M Joe Bat's arm. It's his. It's Joe Bat's, Ryan. And of course, that makes me think of a nice cold Labatt's beer. You really dug in and found some crazy Canada towns this week. <laughs> oh, Ryan, it's a vast country with uh, so many possibilities, folks. Remember, you know, come on up to Canada. I'm going to look this up. Oh, oh you don't believe me? Okay, are, are you using Wolfel? I don't know. Joe Bat's Arm Bard Island Shoal Bay is a community in Labrador. Yeah, buddy. Damn it. See? Damn it. You don't question Canada Dave, right? Population is... 778. Yeah, man. Those are 778 good Canadian people up there, right? <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, Nothing Ryan. to do with Joey Batista. Okay. Happy adventure, Ryan. That's Hoser Talk. Nope, that's also Newfoundland. What? You are not good today. No, there I'm is not. just some bad things. You, I feel like you're gonna need to be cheered up some more. <laughs> oh, second, let me let me let me text somebody. Let me hold on a second, right? Let me text my buddy here, okay? I actually, Ryan, I like making new friends. You know that, right? Of course, you're a friendly guy. Oh, 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 thanks, buddy. That that you know that really makes a lot of difference to me in my world. <laughs> that brings a light that is gonna shine brighter than a thousand suns and never die. Um. I just texted my buddy. I met this guy, great guy. He tells a hell of a lot of good stories. I think he's in town. Either that, he's perfected some sort of magical uh, transport. I think also the wolves have some. They're pausing that too. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh Ryan, this is, I think is this the first knock on this new studio door? It might be. I'm kind of wondering okay. how this person got into my house, but that's all right. <laughs> I think Oliver let him in. <laughs> hey Ryan, how's it going, eh? Hey Ryan. How's it going, my friend? Ned Canada, Dave. How, how you doing, buddy? Ryan, you really you don't remember your old buddy Jan? <laughs> John Ratzenberger? Yeah. You think John Ratzenberger doesn't know Canada, Dave? <laughs> but why? Well, I'll tell you why. And but Canada, Dave, thanks for inviting me. Why oh, John. Is the, oh, John why it, it's, is it's the absolute pig from Toy Story here. John, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back, buddy. And uh, yeah, thanks. I, you know. I'm glad you're here to cheer Ryan up. Uh, yeah, how did how did you get so Canada centric in a way? Oh, well, that's a, that's a that's a great question, uh, Candy Dave and uh, Ryan. And uh, again, your, your, your incredulity in me being here is a little insulting. Um, <sighs> but th- did you know what movie was filmed a lot? It was filmed parts in Canada. Which movie? That's right, Superman Two. <laughs> you know, in on off times. Uh, Why me- does John Ratzenberger always come on the show and talk about Superman Two? Well, it's, it's a great movie, Ryan. I mean, what, what, you have something bad to say against Superman, he's, too? He's been in other movies. He's been in all the Toy Story movies. They've grossed over a billion dollars. I don't I don't know if I've, if I've got those on the cabin. He was on Cheers. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, but Ryan, back to Superman, too. You know, me, Terrence Stamp, Jack O'Halloran, and uh, Sarah Douglas, we'd have a lot of time off, and uh, we'd, we'd have fun. Who? Oh Ryan, come on! You know what? I, I bet a thousand. Bet you a thousand dollars, friend, that uh, your buddy uh, Dave is going to get a text from his brother again with his little niece saying, "I'm eight years old and I know who Jack O'Halloran is." 
<laughs> Everyone knows who Jack O'Halloran is, Ryan. Don't don't be a fool. All right. Yeah, actually, I, I I think you know, John. Not to interrupt you here, right? <laughs> but uh, it's quite possible I may have seen a shrine to Jack O'Halloran and Terrence Stamp made by the wolves outside of the cabin, such as their increasing knowledge of human culture in order to destroy us all. Well, that's uh, that's rough. Anyway, <laughs> see what I did there? That's kind of rough. Kind of like because a dog and a wolf is sort of like the same sort of thing. Anyway, but oh, I got. Ooh, look, I, I see your note cards here, Canada Dave, and uh, let's. What is this? Oh, I see what you got going on in Canada Town of Hosatok, eh? That's pretty good. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Ryan, I literally don't know. This could be a fever dream of some type. <laughs> I've been abandoned that possibility. Ryan? Yeah. Is Swastika a town in Canada? Oh, come on! No! Like, here's the thing, okay? I'm all ears, buddy. I- I'm willing to believe that anything is a Canadian town at this point. Because uh, you know Joe Bat's arm is a Canadian town, but if I say it is and I'm right, that will not bring me any measure of happiness to know that I was correct in knowing that a town in Canada is called Swastika. And so the only way I'm going to be happy is if I say no, because that has to be hoser talk. You know, one time me and me and Ted Danson got into a fight in Pontiac, Michigan, uh, over the fact that uh, Superman Two was not as good. <laughs> As um, what the hell was he saying? I think it was, it's a mad, mad, mad world. And I said, Ted, what the hell are you doing? We can't compare these two genres. Plus, also, I wasn't in it's a mad, 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 mad world. So, I mean, obviously, we're not doing, you know, it, it's, I- it's, it's subpar. It's subpar compared to the, the, the wonder that is Superman 2. Hey, Pig from Toy Story, am I right or wrong? What? Oh, that's right. The, the town thing. Yes. Uh, no, you're wrong. It, Swastika is a town. What? In Ontario. What? Yeah, Ryan, it, it, it's a town. Um, apparently, it's named after a train station, which doesn't make it any better considering uh, Nazis and trains. Anyway. Oh, God. There is a swastika, Ontario. What's the matter with your country, Canada, Dave? I think we're just populated by some nice, good, decent folk, eh? And just sometimes, I don't know, the names get a little crazy and out of whack. What do you think, John? Well, I think Canada is a swell country and uh, had lots of swell memories up there. Ryan, didn't even tell you about the time. Uh, I saw uh, this play called uh, West Fourth Story. <laughs> what? West Fourth Story. Well, apparently it was this group of law school kids that were adapting some sort of West Side Story. And um, it was out of crap. <laughs> it, was, it was complete crap. They said something like, oh, living in America. I object, Your Honor. I don't know. I think it was a law review thing of some kind. Are you talking about the law school variety show I did? Law- what, what, what is happening? Ryan, I've been following you for your whole life, and you haven't even realized <laughs> that John Ratzenberger just in the wings waiting. Anyway, we got the last one here, Canada Dave. Why don't you take the honest? Thank honors? God. All right, buddy. And John, this has been absolutely amazing just seeing you here. Now, I got to ask, and I'm a friendly guy. Ryan, would you say I'm a nice guy and everything? I, I'm less sure of that now. <laughs> Oh, buddy, that hurts. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You're the best. Okay, good. Uh, thanks. Okay, uh, for a second, there, I thought Canada Dave was going to be sad, which is we, we, it's an emotion we have not yet experienced. Yeah, no, we don't want that dark. Place. We, we we have happy and fear of wolves, and that's really it. That's that's, that's the only li- thing happening. Limited range. I got you. Yeah, I th- probably a therapist would say I need some help to uh, you know have other human emotions, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, you know it is what it is. You know, we're we're, we're up in some place in Canada. All right, goose on the loose. Goose on the loose. Goose on the loose. Here's the thing. Here's here's my thought process. Oh, he's going to explain this to us, folks. This is good. 
is I've I keep saying these are hoser talk because they're going to be increased because they get increasingly absurd each time, and then they all wind up being Canada towns. And I feel like what you're trying to do is screw with me here, where I'm going to say, okay, fine, I know your game. This also has to be a Canada town. And you're going to be like, nope, this one's the hoser talk. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so I think that's what's happening here. And oh, damn it. So. I'm going to I'm going to double down and say this one is hoser talk. This is not a real Canada town. There is no Canada town named Goose on the Loose. Hey Canada Dave, do you want to go see the premiere of Superman 2 after this by the way? Oh John, that'd be that'd be swell, buddy. Why would I mean, it be premiering? That? It's been out for 25 years. Okay. Uh, anyway, oh that's right, you gave an answer, right? Yes. What did you say it was? I said it's not a Canada town. It's hoser talk. You're right, Ryan. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> I knew that's what you were trying to do. Wait, right. I think this is the most aggravated I've ever seen you in a Canada Town or Hoser talk round. I don't know why John Ratzenberger's here. Oh, jeez, Ryan, that's pretty hash. <laughs> thought we were friends. Huh? I thought we were buds. But uh, <sighs> I guess this isn't the place where everyone knows my name. <laughs> I think I'm going to put that in a song because I came up with that right now. <laughs> Maybe it's not too late to put that in the soundtrack for Superman 2. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else finds this amusing, but I do. <laughs> wow, uh, right? That could be the same sort of evil maniacal laugh as the Joker. <sighs> that would have been a good addition to Superman, too. Anyway. <laughs> Our thanks to Canada, Dave. Oh, you're absolutely welcome, to buddy. To John Ratzenberger for some reason. Oh, hey, folks. Remember, go to Canada and ask for Jack O'Halloran. And our thanks to Jay May, my thanks to you, Dave, as always. Oh, you're quite welcome, my friend, as always. Yes. I'm going to need a week to mentally recover from this. Thank you all very much for listening to the Break the Business podcast.